right, welcome into episode number 120 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. I'm joined with a an, another Orioles fan here, Joshua, uh, Captain Baltimore on Twitter. Uh, first things first, man, how, how's your Friday going? Uh, it's busy. It's been very, very busy. Heading up to Clearfield, Pennsylvania this uh, weekend, so looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, he... Uh, I'm a Phillies fan and an Orioles fan. I got two teams, whatever. Everybody can can at me or whatever, but I've uh, I've been that mm-hmm. way for quite some time. Um but the or you know, mm-hmm. my guy Joshua here is a big time Orioles fan and having a great season at you know, at this point. So, I wanted to get into some questions about, you know, how far do you think this Orioles team goes? You know, what what's this this is the success sustained in the next couple of seasons? Um that type of thing. So, so right off the bat, I mean, you can't complain about this year. What What's your takeaway so far about this 2023 team? My takeaway is this, is that, again, the O's are playing with house money. Um, they have been an absolute um, shock to the rest of the league because Vegas, like I've been predicting, you know, they kind of put us under 75 wins, I believe, and we're on pace for 100, 102. Everybody's contributing. Mateo's got to get himself back in order. I feel like he's uh, fallen off just a little bit since April and May. And then you have um, and you have all these great prospects that are coming up. But the problem is, is that they're blocked. There's nothing they can really do right now. Um, Colton Cowser, I know they want the, him brought up. They, they can't bring him up right now. They, they got to wait. He still needs a little more seasoning. Westberg has nothing more to prove, but he again, he's blocked. And Holiday, I predict he's probably going to either start in AAA next season or he's going to be with the club in 2024 because he's just raking. So I'm very pleased about this team, how well they're doing. I mean, we got a great series with the Mariners coming up. We got some tough teams coming up. I don't see us uh, playing. I don't think we play a 500 or less team until August, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, that's been a, you know, obviously uh, early on in the season, I was looking at the Orioles schedule. They were I'm not going to say they were playing an easier schedule, but they were playing an easier schedule um, than, you know, basically mm-hmm. the last the last month or so. They've they've really been tested. I mean, they haven't played as well, but they're still playing pr- at a pretty good clip. And my concerns coming into the season, obviously, it's usually the starting pitching. It's usually the bullpen. Uh, bullpen was really, really solid last year. I mean, coming down the stretch, oh, yeah. they had their struggles, but I, I think they were run into the ground pretty hard last year. And 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 I think a lot mm-hmm. of people uh, overperformed um, and that type of thing. Definitely, I'm glad you brought up Jorge Mateo. And unfortunately, I I don't understand why he's such a streaky hitter. I mean, he'll go on, you yeah. know, two or three weeks. I mean, yeah. there, he was making cases to be the best shortstop in baseball. You know, obviously defensively he's mm-hmm. right there, but even offensively early in the season, and he's just kind of. He's dwindled from that. I mean, I think he's hitting 220 or 225, yeah. something like that at this point, unfortunately. But um, it's tough to take him completely out of a lineup just because of his ability to steal bases and his speed. Um, yeah. But, that and yeah, that obviously his, his, the double plays defensively. His his, uh, his strikeout numbers are way too high, though, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, at the plate. But, yeah, the surprise – not surprised to me because I think he, he – pitched well above his head last year was CNL Perez has had a, a pretty rough season so far. Um, and I don't, I don't want to get negative or nitpick the team because obviously they're, they're 
doing very well. I mean, if the Rays weren't, you know, absolutely on fire all year, they'd be in first place. And oh yeah, in any other division, they'd be in first place, honestly. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, what do you think about like? I mean, Austin Voth's had his struggles as well. But what what do you think they should do with uh, CNL Perez in particular? They they either either one he might be injured. Well, that could be a problem. That could be an issue. He might be injured because Austin Voth uh, was uh, injured, and they said he had elbow discomfort. And I noticed that he had sort of a hitch in his um, delivery. But Perez, on the other hand, I think that he may be, may be injured or may have to be DFA because he is not that strong pitcher last year that was accomplishing all them finished games and holds. Uh, he just doesn't look the same, okay? It just seems like he's a little off. But, you know, another thing that you also need to realize is that hitters will adjust to pitchers once they see them uh, down the road, further down the road. So I think uh, also I think hitters are starting to adjust to him a little bit more because he had filthy stuff last year. He he made he made a lot of uh, hitters look real silly, but this year, not so much. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I think a lot of the credit deserves to go to Mike Elias for just kind of picking guys up. I mean, Danny Coulomb was a guy that you know the Twins basically gave up on. They plug mm-hmm. him. They plug him in, and and he looks like one of the best relievers in in baseball. I mean that that curve, that slider, uh, curve combination. Like he he's just when he's in there. I mean when he's on, he's very very tough to hit as a, as a lefty and uh, That's right. coming, coming out of the pen. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean as far as the starting rotation goes, um, it's funny. I, I look at Dean Kramer's numbers, and they don't like jump out to you. Um, with that Mm-mm. four five six ERA. But mm-hmm. man, he he like the eye test tells you he's a lot better than that, and he he does get himself into a lot of jams. I would say, but he he's very very good at working out of that. And you know, Dean Kramer did pitch in the World Baseball Classic this year, and he he did somewhat okay, not not too too bad. But Kramer's uh you know record, I feel like it's a little uh little off. Okay, I mean because he has pitched wonderfully in some games some games he gets lit up but then almost automatically he just is on his game so I feel like it's just a little bit misleading Kyle Gibson I was I was kind of on a fence about him but he's he's done he's done all right he's actually done very very well you know um we don't have the strongest pitching core in Major League Baseball but another thing is that, you know, Michael Elias may need to make a trade down the road, you know, to help us. Uh, Grayson, Grayson's going to take some time. Okay. I think he's, I think he's going to be a great pitcher. I just think he has some control issues that he needs to work out. He's been doing good in the minors and um, eventually he's going to be part of that star rotation. And I definitely believe he is going to be a dominant force. Either that or we're going to have to draft someone in the 20, in the 2023 draft in a couple of weeks uh, who is a pitcher. I mean, we really don't need any more batters. We we need pitching. We need pitching help. 100%. Yeah, I mean, if I was building a t- you know, if I was in that role to to be the GM, I I I definitely build the team pitching first cuz you can never, I mean, doesn't matter what team you have uh going into the postseason, you can never have too much pitching. That that proves to be true year in and year out. Um with that, you know, with what you're bringing up and, and what we talked about already, um it the Orioles are in a not, I'm not gonna say a fortunate position. They've they've had to struggle to get to this position, but yes. the fact the fact that uh, um, 
the minor, you know, the fact that the farm system is so built out, built up, and the fact that these guys are blocked by by good players, you know, on the active roster and, and in the major leagues on the Orioles, um, you know, day to day players, it, it's it's quite the difference between that and where they were, you know, five six years ago, and and that's a good problem to have now. Like it is a good problem. You can you can use those prospects as trade pieces at the deadline if you so you know feel that's fit. I don't I don't think the Orioles like giving up on any type of prospects because no um, they've they've kind of made that clear and they haven't you know they at last year's deadline they I mean they dealt uh, Mancini obviously but yeah. they didn't really re, you know I mean that yeah they they got some pieces here and there but they didn't go out and, and make aggressive moves. I would like to see them go out and make an aggressive move just because. They're in a good position this year. They do need some help. Like they're not all the way there yet, but you go um, out and find it, like a Dylan Cease or a Marcus Stroman or somebody like that. That could be a huge boost to this pitching rotation, in my opinion. Well, my thing with Stroman is that he's got some personality issues. That okay, I, I would love to have him on my team, but I would want someone that did not have personality issues. Stroman kind of has some personality issues and you look at what happened with Wander Franco yesterday acting like an absolute child and getting benched my word and it gets better because you know Randy Rosarena for the Rays you know he stops looks at the opposition's bench and goes like this you know that you're just asking for trouble Okay, but for the Orioles rotation, they're gonna they're gonna need maybe one or two extra pitchers and in terms of the in the like in the middle of relief I mean Cano has been Awesome. He has been brilliant. I mean, a no-namer has been absolutely brilliant. Bautista has been out, outrageously awesome. The Orioles are number one in strikeouts when it comes to the eighth or ninth inning. Uh, it, that is just an unbelievable stat to have. And But another thing that's also misleading to me is that um, when you look at the offense, okay, they just brought up a stat that the O's are number two when it comes to high priority or high danger situations. I'm like, that doesn't seem very right because we haven't really been doing good with runners in scoring position lately. Um, but all in all, I think Elias is doing great. I think the minor league system is stacked. I mean, you can't you can't reload all the time, New York and Mets and Yankees. You can't do that. You do have to build up your farm system. The Mets got Pete Alonso. Okay, that's one thing. But what are the Yankees at? They don't have anything. The Phillies actually built up their farm system, too. They got some good names coming around. Um, I felt bad when Reese Hoskins went down. That was a massive blow. I mean, that was a that was not just a punch in the face. That was a punch somewhere else. <laughs> so, and I, and I got to say that it was also really unbelievable that Bryce Harper came back so quickly from his injury. He came back so quickly from his injury because that takes that takes a long time to recover from. Uh, so I definitely say that again, Michael Elias has some things he needs to do. He needs to address the middle relief issue. He got to get a one or two starting pitchers. We need to do something about Perez, either get rid of him or we find someone in the minors that could take his place. Orioles are playing with house money right now. They're playing with house money. Okay. I, I, I hope we catch the Rays. I don't know if we're going to be able to with the with with the team they have. I mean, their pitching has been absolutely out outstanding. But McClanahan's they said is out with a bad back. So that might be a plus for us. Okay. I hope it gets better and everything. I don't wish no bad luck on anybody. 
<laughs> but the O's, again, playing with house money, okay? If they want to make the playoffs, they have to play together as a team, offense and defense, you know, no screwing up, good pitching, and trying to save our bullpen. I mean, we seem to be going to our bullpen an awful lot. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing that stands out to me. I, you know, I watch mostly all O's games, mostly all Phillies mm-hmm. games, that, and I, I, I'm a huge baseball fan just in general, so I, I try and – keep up, keep up with the entire league and but right. it, it always seems like the Orioles um just I mean it's like this if we're lucky to get to the sixth inning without working somebody in um and that type of thing so yeah I definitely agree that's what happened down you know down the stretch last year I think yeah. uh, like Joey Crable got blown out um obviously Perez struggled down the stretch like you started seeing these guys you know obviously be fatigued and things and that's going to happen like that that can happen to any team at any point you bring up the Mets, you bring up the Yankees. I definitely wanted to touch on that because uh, obviously, I mean, I'm I'm to the point where it's like the, the Yankees are the New York Aaron Judges, man. Like they oh, yeah. they have nothing without – if Aaron Judge is not in there, that lineup. I mean, obviously – Right, right. Like Bader – Bader's a big piece too, and, and he, he's injured, you know, more than half the time it seems like. And then obviously uh, Stanton comes back, then he gets hurt, then he comes back, then he gets hurt. So – I, mm-hmm. What I don't understand, and, and I was going to touch on it on a future episode too, is like if I'm Brian Cashman and the Yankees, like why do they they have you know the pocketbook to go out and get just about anybody? Why do they 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 must be looking at analytics in some form or fashion to make these decisions? Um, and I'm sure they are. There, all these teams are analytical, but like they sign these injury prone guys, and and for mm-hmm. having that much money, you would think they they know better or learn from their mistakes. I mean, Stanton had a, uh, you know, he's had a hell of a career. He really has had a hell of a career. You know, he he blasts some long bombs. And when he signed that contract with the Marlins way back when, I was thinking he was going to just be a Marlin for life, okay? But I think also the death of Jose Fernandez kind of, kind of changed that as well. Because if I'm not mistaken, they gave him like $75 million at the franchise to go inside his contract. So he goes with the, so he goes to the Yankees and it's like, when you put on the pinstripes, you're putting on a lot of pressure. When you play for the Mets, you're putting on a lot of pressure because New York does not like to have fun. New York does not like to have fun. No beards, no, 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 no trash dashes, clean shaven. They don't even want to have a City Connect uniform. I, I okay. I, I, I thought the City Connect uniform was great. I thought it was awesome. Um, I was kind of on the fence about it, but I think it's fine. I think it's really cool. I mean, it just picks up the essence of the of the city. But going back to what you're saying, the Yankees, you can't just retool and reload you gotta build up your farm system because you know you want to bring up your younger prospects and they don't even have anybody that's like even remotely ready yeah yeah i agree i i I mean judge is probably the only one you look at as like a home developed i mean volpe hasn't been what they thought he'd been yet i mean it's still like he you know this is his first season he's uh, what 70 games in like yeah it's too early to say like, you know, he's, a, he's going to be a bust or, or, or whatnot, but uh, he's definitely not hitting for average. I'll say that. I think he's hitting like a buck 80 buck 90. And I mean, he's hitting home runs at a good clip for, especially yeah. for a rookie. Uh, he's over 10 home runs already mm-hmm. um, as a shortstop, but, but yeah, no, you bring up a lot of interesting points. The, 
the pressure of playing in the New York market, uh, the Philadelphia market as well. Like the, those, those places will swallow you and, and spit you back out. Um, the or I, no, I I agree with the with the jersey as well. I I like the the city connect. I don't like love it, but I like it. Um, I like it. I uh I don't know if you got to see the Pittsburgh Pirates unveiled there. I did. I I did. I I thought they were. I I think they weren't too bad. They were actually tasteful. Okay. Yeah. I think I think we can agree to disagree on that one. I I thought the the PGH uh on the front was a little. I I just thought it's almost like the fonts to me. I I don't necessarily like but you know opinions opinions are like assholes right. everybody's got one so yeah. um uh, but yeah where where uh i'll ask you this joshua where do you think the orioles finish at at the end of the season like like what's your realistic expectation i mean obviously we want them to to go the whole way but where do you see them you know what's the ceiling for this for this team right now the the ceiling well in terms of a ceiling i think the ch- chances of us winning 100 games is is well in play i mean um the rays are going to eventually come back down to earth they they are going to come back down to earth because of the fact that their team is just i mean it's loaded but is it sustainable they got a lot of free swingers on that team and i believe they're second in team strikeouts um when it comes to offense um, but for the Orioles, I definitely say 97 to 100 wins, uh, provided that everything goes right. But I definitely say that's being in the wild card this year, hosting okay. the wild card. Yeah, I said, I said at the beginning of the season, uh, all I wanted to see from this team was a playoff appearance and a home playoff game. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, you know, if you sneak into that last wild card spot, there's a chance you don't win that, that series, obviously, and then you don't get that home playoff game. So I, I just think, you know, for this 2023 team, like you said, I, I still think they're overachieving with who they have. I mean, the lineup's pretty good. A lot of, I mean, basically this is a homegrown lineup other than mm-hmm. like Adam Frazier, you could say, I mean, basically everybody on this, this team is, it's quite the polar opposite from the Phillies, which is, is, is interesting. Um, You know, the Phillies went out and really bought everybody on that roster. The, the Orioles, I mean, mid nineties, you could, right, right. I mean, mid nineties, you could say like the Orioles, I mean, the Orioles spent the most money in baseball. I think it was like 95, 96, one of those years. But other than that, I mean, it's, uh, they've always been, you know, quote unquote, like they've been penny pinchers and things like that. And, and obviously the Angelos family, you know, you can, you could, everybody has an opinion, but Mm -hmm. The Angelos family needs to stop being a little handsy with with the uh, Orioles' day to day operations. Allow for Mike Elias to run the team. the 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 Angelos family just does not want to open up their checkbook and run the risk of, um, you know, like maybe a Chris Davis, for example. But I feel like Chris Davis got just ran into so much trouble. I think the whole the whole Adderall thing may have may have spooked him, but. I know that the Angelos family has not been since 1998 when we had one of the highest payrolls in, in baseball, $86 million. That didn't translate into wins. Okay, we're running on a shoestring budget. Okay, and Angelos is handcuffing Elias. And, I mean, you do have to go out and sign maybe a few extra pieces. I mean, you can't just rely on the minor league system all the time. Players do grow up. And with the draft coming up, here's my belief. If you're a senior in college baseball, 
and you get drafted, you should start in double A immediately because you're you you're pretty much major league ready. And they say you need more seasoning. I get it, but again, that's just not the way it goes. <laughs> I I agree. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I I didn't really think about it that way. I mean, I don't know if it's obviously like the NFL, there is no like proving ground. Like you get drafted. No doesn't matter you're a fifth sixth seventh round draft pick like you're going in you're you're at least going to training camp you're going to the practice squad and and what have you so yeah in baseball obviously they they, you have to start in the minors it's it's a little different but yeah i think if you're you you could even make a case like junior senior in college double Mm -hmm. a like that's that's more than fair i mean double a is probably on par with the competition they're seeing if not it, I mean, it may be the competition they're seeing. It might be even better than than a double mm-hmm. A level. So, and the NHL is the same way with um with like second rounders through seventh rounders and undrafted rookies having to start in the minors too. If I mean, if you're a generational talent, a first round talent like Bedard or an Ovechkin, then yeah, you're going to start in the NHL. But you do need some seasoning. And college, I mean, excuse me, uh, Major League Baseball really just needs to say, hey, if you're a college senior and you're um, and and you're this good, okay, you can start in double A. I mean, I don't like the way they reformatted the whole system. I mean, Jackson Holiday, I believe, is going to be a generational talent because, again, he's raking. But I look at the other picks, they ain't doing so hot. Especially Drew Jones, he he has had himself quite the quite the bad start to his career. I mean, he's been mouthing off to his coaches. He's been acting like an ass, dude. You may have not been a number one pick, but you you gotta stay humble. You gotta stay humble. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I I mean, I think going into Jackson Holiday a little bit, obviously coming from baseball, like. Not I'm not royalty, but one of the better players in in his generation in Matt Holiday. I mean, I remember him on the Rockies being an absolute force. And like, if you grew up around baseball, constantly, I mean, since he was in diapers, I'm sure he was in dugouts and and on the field and things like that. And his dad showing him all the ropes all the way around. Like right. he has he has that upper hand on. I mean, obviously Drew Jones, Trip Tripper Jones, or I'm sorry, uh, Andrew Jones' Andrew son. Jones. Yeah, Andrew Jones' son. Uh, longtime brave and and obviously drew jones in the in the diamondback system but it's i obviously it takes the right guy mental like you have to have that mental right you know wherewithal to to be you know just to get to the the major leagues you have to be mentally tough i mean it you're gonna go through yeah. a lot of ups and downs and and things you haven't experienced as a young player but what i was gonna i was gonna ask you a couple i call them like cracker jack question just little you know a little <laughs> little fun fun things to throw at you here is uh what's your favorite mlb park ballpark other than camden yards if you've been to any i honestly i don't know citizens bank park uh is probably my favorite i've actually went to three games there went to see opening day on a brutally cold day um it's a great ballpark i was with uh with my ex-girlfriend and her family at the time and it was a fantastic um experience you know free food free hot dogs free lemonade and that's when i was thinner so (laughs) i I gorged on that um and um i've went to tropicana field a couple times and i gotta tell you (laughs) not a fan place is a dump i've heard that yeah i mean uh, unfortunately, I guess because of the climate there in Tampa, like they can't have that outside state. I'd like to see a retractable roof. Let's put it that oh, way. Yeah. Like they could, they could yeah. pull that off. So no, definitely I mean, interesting. What's that? 
It's just a big tent. That's all it is. I mean, it's a terrible stadium. The field looks awful. And they got some of the rudest ticket takers around. I, I was there back in 2012 just to go see a game of the Red Sox are playing. And I was wearing my Orioles cap, and, and this guy goes, the Orioles suck. I'm like, well, yeah, we're in second place right now, so go go piss up a flagpole. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's interesting, yeah. I've, never, I've only ever been to Camden Yards and uh, Citizens Bank myself. Need to venture out to some of these other parks. I've I've seen uh, PNC Park driving by it when I when I came came up to Pittsburgh. That too. Um, I'd love to see a game there. Obviously, people say it's one of the best places to see a game. Camden Yards is up there. PNC Park, they say at Oracle in uh, San Fran as well. And Wrigley, um, Wrigley would be a good one to go to. Wrigley, yeah, there's, there, a, lot there's... Of, a lot of history behind that one. Right, Fenway. I mean, I I can't stand the Red Sox, but um, Fenway would be cool to to see. Obviously, in person. That. Um, that I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up about Tropicana field though. I've, I've definitely heard that. Could you, could you tell me about the concession where the, was the food okay? Or was it just no, nothing. nothing I can't can't believe my girls, my ex-girlfriend, uh, actually ate something there. I'm like, why did you do that? (laughs) I mean, they said at the time it was on par with how bad then, um, uh, Capital now Capital One Arena is, and when Ted Leonsis addressed it head on, I don't know if the race management has addressed the concession issue head on yet because some of the stuff in there is just it was just ugh, yuck. Fair, fair point. Okay, uh, next question is a hot dog considered a sandwich in your book? Mm, it can be either or, <laughs> okay, and you're a Maryland, uh. Maryland resident, I assume. Uh, yep. Is what's better, a very well done Philly cheesesteak or a very well done uh, Maryland crab cake? Um, I, I'm fifty fifty on both. I'm not. I'm. I'm not big. A, not big a crab eater. Not really big crab eater. Wow. I like the okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. The the cold crab thing. Uh. Stems from an incident at my grandmother. So. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a I like cheesesteaks and I'm fine with a very well done cheesesteak and I mean I like cra- crab cakes too but I'm just not I'm just kind of picky about crabs. Hey, fair enough, you can be. So no, I mean other than that, um, yeah, I think that's all I have for you today. Uh, we pretty Thank much you. touched on all the bases. No, no pun intended on, on the Orioles there. Um, yep. And I, you can find Joshua at Captain Baltimore on Twitter. Um. Yeah. Pat, always a captain. <laughs> yep. Uh. Always. Yep. Yeah, always a captain. Uh. Is is the uh is the name there? So for that, I mean, just wrapping up here. Just wanted to shout out a couple other podcasts to to check out. Is uh definitely the fourteen twenty sports podcast. Um. Those guys have like eight million different shows to check out. So if you're a hockey fan, baseball fan. Uh, football fan they 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 hawk you know they just cover it all so those guys definitely uh jim at fan in the van sports podcast check him out and we like sports podcast two dudes with sports news those are all all good ones to check out as well as the obviously the brutally honest sports podcast and you can find me at brutally honest without the t twitter will not give me the t for my username so uh that's where i'm at so Thank you very much, everybody. Have a great rest of your Friday and enjoy the weekend.